Man, happy Father's Day. We're glad you guys are here today. Um, I got some things on my heart that I want to share with you guys today. You know, I'm never, you, if you've been around this, uh, this church for a while, you know I'm never, ever, ever at a loss for words, ever. I don't think, I don't remember the last time I was at a loss for words, but last Sunday really took me for a spin and had my head going in a different direction. And one of the reasons why that, that did that is because I realized when I got to church last Sunday, I realized that the officer that is typically here, one of the two, they weren't here. And one of those is my brother-in-law. And the other one is his partner and his partner, both of those guys, they are, um, they're both snipers for, for Orange County SWAT. So I realized at that point it started setting into me and I got a text from Heather Fraga, who's one of our, um, she goes here and her husband is a, is a, is an officer. And I realized, well, they weren't there that day and they were called, it was an all call. So they could have been down there that day. And I realized I saw Kelly come in. I realized Scott wasn't here. And so I realized, man, this thing hit a lot closer to home than I even thought it wouldn't Scott's lieutenant for the fire department. Um, he works downtown station. And so it began to sit into me. I mean, this is a bigger deal. This is people that I'm close with and I love that are, that are, that are involved. And so really, it, it really took my breath from me. I felt like I got, felt like I got punched in the gut a little bit. And so as I began to try to make sense, I took a couple days and I really didn't want to, I didn't post anything. Every time I'd go to post, my hands were actually paralyzed. You ever been to that place or you, you, you know, because if you follow me on social media, I'd love for you. I'd love to follow you back. But I try to encourage people. I try to try to I do church seven days a week. I, it's, I do a lot of it on social media. I try to encourage people and uplift people and, 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 and inspire them all through social media because people have tough weeks and tough lives and they need some encouragement. So I try to do all that and pour into them and, and, to, and to love on people. And so um, all, all on social media. And um, so I couldn't post. I reading everything. I couldn't make sense of everything that I was reading. It just, it just, it made, I was mad and I was sad. Have you been both mad and sad at the same exact time? It's hard to do both of those at the same time, but if you're both mad and sad, that's bad. And man, it really just took me, it made me both mad and sad. And about Wednesday or Thursday, I began to watch stories of survivors from, from, from the club. And, um, and I began to get a little bit okay with it and a little bit okay with it and a little bit okay with it. And I began to get a little bit okay with it. And the Thursday night, I was at a prayer service. And at that prayer service, I began to pray and I, had, I was tasked with the, with the opportunity to pray for all of the victims and their victims' families. And so I wanted to get a little bit more about that. I, I spent time with Scott. I spent time with Chris. Both these guys are my friends and my family. And, and just getting a lot of the details that you may not get on the news from, from these guys, from their friends and being at that scene. So it really became more real to me just talking with those guys, even spending some time with Chris this morning. And, begin to unplay all those things. It's been, it's just been a weird week. And so Thursday, I got to pray for those people. The Bible says in, in, in the book of Psalms, and I posted this verse this week, the book of Psalms says, if, if you feel abandoned, know that God is right there. And I love that verse. It would have been good enough if it stopped there, but it has a, another part of that verse, the, the B part of that verse or the second part of the verse. The Bible says, if you feel like you've been punched in the gut, the Bible says that God wants to give you breath. He wants to fill your, your lungs. And that verse has kind of been the verse on my heart. Tonight, I'll, tonight I'll, 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 we'll get out of church, we'll pack all this up, and I'll leave, and I'll go to a service tonight. And I have no idea um, how I got invited to this thing. It's weird. And, um, but me, any chance to pray and to share that there's a God who loves people, I pretty much will take that opportunity. And um, whether it's at a party or if it's at a church service, I'm going to show up and share Jesus loves people. And so... Yeah, I'll do it. And so I'm going tonight. And so if you would, that's, that's on if you live in Winter Garden. If you go to Winter Garden Rants, Raves, and Reviews, you can see all the, de- all the details for that. I think it's at 730. It's at Newton Park. Would you pray for that service tonight? People are looking for hope. I believe this too, guys. I feel like, I know you're going to say this is twisted church stuff. I just believe this. This is the, 
there's a, song, a rapper songwriter wrote the lyrics uh, what a time to be alive and I believe this is the best time for the church because I believe this one of the things that we've committed to as a church we committed to go and Diane and I have committed to and as a church we've committed to go into dark spaces we're not going into church spaces and Christian spaces and light spaces we want to go into the dark spaces where people are looking for Jesus people are looking for Jesus and so they're going to these places that are dark to feel like that's going to fill their void and so we just believe that God's called us to go into those dark spaces and if you've been in church a long time that may scare you some you just let your imagination run wild and just that, that's where the dark spaces are at and we want to go in those spaces and we want to equip you guys to go in those spaces and we want to love people and we want to encourage people and we want to go spaces because people are looking for hope and, and we have that Psalm 71 verse 14 the Bible says I, I'm always going to choose hope and hope is Jesus it's not anything else but that so we're committed to going to those spaces and part of our, our, our offering today I don't know how much we're going to give today, but part of our offering today, we're going to give. We're, we're raising money as a church at the field churches, and we're bringing in counselors to go in and help these guys. And, I mean, I don't even know if your mind has ran rampant. If you just let your mind run wild as to what happened last week, that's. It, I don't know if your mind will get there. I don't know if it will. I was talking to a guy there, and he said this guy has been in, he's been in some pretty bad combat situations over, in, in other parts of the world, and he said this was worse than any of that. And so we're going to, and so these people are, they're, 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 they're both mad, they're frustrated. These, these first responders, they're, they're going to have images in their mind that they'll never, ever, ever, ever get out. And so we're bringing in some Christian counselors. Another church is doing it. We decided we're going to partner with them, and we're going to give towards that. So part, a, a part of our, of our offering table, we're going to give to that. I don't know how much we're going to give to that. I know we're going to give, and we're going to help be a part of it because those people are, are looking, and they're trying to figure out, they're trying to find answers. And if you have kids in here today, you don't want your kids to find answers to things of life from their other friends. All right? You're like, you're, if, that, if that doesn't, just take a second to think about that. You don't want your kids to find answers. And, and these, these people, they're looking for hope, looking for answers. And, I, I, and I, I'm not against these guys that come, I, I'm not against medicine at all by no means, but that can take you to a certain point. The Bible says, and, and James, the Bible says that you take medicine and you pray that spiritual side of it. There's got to be the spiritual side and the physical side. So these people are going to, to get these images out, they're going to need some, some armors and, and, some, and some God's word to come and try to infuse their mind with God's word. Because I'll tell you what, the only thing that got me through this week was God's word. Those two verses in Psalms that I just read to you and quoted to you. Those are the only thing that got my mind to get to where, to get through this week. And so we want people to have the word. So these guys are going to come and they're flying in from, from all over the country to come and spend time with these guys that were in, that were part of what happened this past weekend. Um, God, last week was our first week at Hope Church here in this YMCA and I wasn't excited about that I couldn't be excited about it I feel like I shouldn't have been excited about it I didn't post or anything I just feel like I shouldn't um, but I, I'm glad you guys are here today and if you're visiting with us today I want you to know that you're, you're welcomed and wanted here and you're loved and you're liked and if you're looking for a place to call home it's not perfect but neither is the home that you're coming from <laughs> And um, but you're welcome here and there's no such thing as a perfect home until we get to heaven. And um, we're going to introduce people to that perfect home for as long as we exist here. And heaven is going to be amazing. We're going to love it. Just trust me. Um, I, if you haven't seen the, um, the advertising for it, it's in the back of this book. You just look, open up the Bible and look at Revelations. It'll tell you what heaven's going to be like. It's sick. And so you're going to love it. Hey, um, happy Father's Day. Um, so um, that's tonight. Happy Father's Day. I'm going to let you guys in on my life. You guys know I don't mind doing that. I'm, I'm transparent as they come. Someone came to me a few weeks ago and said, you're too transparent. I said, maybe, but I'm okay with it. And uh, here, I remember my first ever fishing trip. 
my dad's in the front row today. When you have cheerleaders like my parents, they just kind of follow me around. But my dad, I remember my dad said, hey, you're going fishing with your, with your grandpa t- tomorrow. Now, that means nothing to my family. My grandpa, he, I didn't call him grandpa. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm, I'm working up the guts to say this. We called him Poopaw. Poopaw. And so being a, a, little, a little half black, half white kid, I didn't know if all black grandpas were called Poopaws. I didn't know. And so I was like, but I knew I was calling mine Poopaw because that's what we call Poopaw. And the person that I can give all the credit to that is, is, is my sister. And she, and, and some of my older, older, she's, she, I'm the oldest grandson in, in my family. And my dad's got seven brothers and, and two sisters. There's nine of them. Um, there wasn't cable back then, obviously. And so, um, did it sink in yet or no? You guys didn't get that? They just had to come up with their own stuff to do. You get it. You'll get it later. I'll explain it to you later. I was at the farmer's market yesterday pushing the twins around by myself. My wife abandoned me for, for a couple of hours. And a guy said to me, did you figure out how to stop that? I said, yeah, but I wouldn't commit to abstinence. You know what I'm saying? So, I was, I'm, so this is what I got. I got twins. But I remember calling, I call him Poopa. I remember my Poopa saying, we're going to fish. My dad said, I'm going to drop you off. I'm like, what time are you going to drop me off? He goes, well, I'm going to drop you off tonight because y'all going to wake up at 5 a.m. But when you're a little 9 or 10-year-old, you don't mind getting up at 5 a.m. You, you think it's cool to get up early. And then when you get old, you're, you're, you're ticked off that you got to get early. And you're mad that you got to get up early. You're like, man, I hate that I have to get up early to go to work for these people I don't even like, you know? And so, so I remember going there, and I remember that first fishing trip with my poopa led to my first cup of coffee. And I'll never, I'll, I'll remember it for the rest of my life. My, my poopa said to me, this is going to put hair in your chest. And I said, load me up, man. Then you get older, you, you got hair growing places you don't want it to grow, you know? It's such a vicious cycle. Solomon talks about that. So I remember that. And my poopa was an awesome guy. He died the day after, he died the day after Thanksgiving, my senior year of high school. I'll never ever forget that. He was one of the most godliest men. I remember I, I used to hate him when my dad said, hey, we're going to Thanksgiving at Poopa's house. And here's the part that I hated, because it'd get time for dinner, and my grandpa wanted to preach a sermon. I'd be like, Poopa, land the plane. He prayed for the missionaries. He prayed for the drug dealers, which he was friends with in the community that he grew up at. He prayed for the politicians who he was friends with. He prayed for, he prayed for the whole city. He prayed for his kids. Almost by name, there was, a, there was seven boys and, and, and there's nine, he had nine kids. So he prayed for all the grandkids. I'm like, and then after that, he would say, now we're going to sing a song. And the song didn't have an ending. It was kind of like good, good father musicians. You know what I'm saying? You got to figure out a little. There wasn't an ending to that. I was, I was like, the, I'm like, poopa, the food's getting cold. At that point, you can imagine, there's my, my, my kids, my, my mother-in-law is here today, and I have 20, 10 or 11 grandkids. How many, how many grandkids? 11. And so you can imagine, there's, there's only four of them, and hopefully we're all done. I mean, we're done. I don't know if, I think Dustin's done. I don't know if the other two are done, but there's all these grandkids around. We're all, by that, we're like picking food up, throwing it at each other. My grandpa didn't care. He's like, I'm talking to God. Y'all just kind of put me. So poop, I remember, I'll never ever forget that. And he loved everyone. I remember being at his funeral. And I, I said that to him, and he, there was guys on the park bench across the street with 40s in hand, paying respects to the man that loved everyone in the entire community. The guy made an impact. He made a difference. I love that. And then, I, and then obviously, that, a lot of that has trickled down to my, to my dad. He's on the, on the second round. I wouldn't be here without my mom and my dad. And my dad tried to kill me a couple times. He failed. And um, one of the things I know about my dad um, and and. I'm just going to go ahead and jump to this and I'll go backwards. My, my, uh, Brittany is my oldest sister and she has, she has, um, she got, she had kids first. 
with my brother-in-law, who was my, was my enemy in high school. We love each other now, kind of. No, I'm just kidding, we do. And uh, she, they got to name, when you're the oldest, you get to name the, the grandpa. And um, I'm a little embarrassed to say this to you, but they, I don't know where it came from, but they nicknamed him Dooge. And I think it's like Dodge, but you add another O and they call him Dooge, and you're like, I know some of you guys are thinking, man, black people are weird. And so are white people. We're both, we're all weird, you know. I'm 50-50, so don't get offended, you know. So, like, I can talk about about both sides. of both sides. I got a good experience, you know what I'm saying? So, she named him Dooge, and I'm like, that is a, that is a weird name. And so, you know, I thought of variations for the name. I tried to change the name, but she's like, this is what we're calling him. I picked it, you know, and he was cool with it. So, like, you know, when you're the grandpa, I think you have to sign off on that. So, I'm not there yet, but I, but my dad was a, my grandpa was a, was a very influential guy and a, and a great guy. My dad's influential. I see my dad become a lot of things that my grandpa were in a lot of ways. But one thing that my dad was, my dad is funny. And, uh, and, he, 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 and my dad's embarrassing to me. He would embarrass me. My dad, uh, when, I, when I was in high school, I played sports. My dad and mom, they didn't miss my games. I told you guys a few weeks ago, if I wanted a pair of cleats, my dad would, yeah, you want a pair of cleats? My dad would pick me up in his work truck. My dad would drop us off. There were six kids. We could fit five people in a single cab pickup truck. And he would drop us off at school, and we'd get out. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, there was one time in my life, my dad, my dad chewed tobacco. I don't know if he still does or not. I'm not judging you if you do, Dad. But my dad chewed tobacco, and I remember one time riding into school, my dad would get a coffee cup. My dad would chew. He would spit in the, the, the chew in the, in the coffee cup. Well, a hard left turn, that coffee cup will fall off that dash. Man, I was going to school with, with coffee stains on my khaki. I had, my parents said school, so I had khaki. I got, I got chewing tobacco stain. Only kids in the school with chewing tobacco stain on their pants. But it got worse. Some, my dad went through this country face. He has them on today. But my dad would come to my games and he'd wear cowboy boots, jeans. I can't remember if he had a belt buckle, but that would have been okay. But then he even would button his top button way before it was cool. Now it's cool to button it, but he would button it. And he would wear one of those redneck bolo ties. And my friends would be like, bro, I thought you're, I, is that your dad out there? I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. They said, why does he have that on? Why does he have that, uh, that thing that white country Western artists wear? And I said, you know, I, I think there's one black country artist right now, and he wears that. And so my dad's like, my dad, he, he, so he, he wears it. And so, and he would wear that. And he was funny. He used to, do, he used to embarrass me when, his, when my friends would come over. He had this saying that I can't say in church, but when it was time for it to go, he'd say, you don't got to go home, but you got to get the heck out of here. A little bit of a variation to it. But he was just a fun, he was a fun, fun dad, and, and we had a, a good time. And, um, and I'm trying my best to be a, a good father, to be a good dad, doing the best I can. And you know this, our church has been here for a long time. I just mess up most things on a daily basis. <laughs> Like, I get him messing up some things once a week, but, like, on a daily basis, I mess up most things. And I'm just trying to figure, trying to figure it out. And I hang out with some of you guys, and I watch you guys. I go, I'm in a Bible study. If you're not part of our men's Bible study, Bible study, we want to invite you to our ladies' Bible study. And a lot of the guys, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, please, my good friends, I'm going to say this, but a lot of the, a lot of the guys in our, in our um, I, I like going to this Bible study because I'm, I'm, I'm one of the youngest guys there. And, um, and I don't have a clue about life. So I just sit around and listen to these guys. And Rob is one of the mature guys there. And he's got a college, a daughter in college. He has a son who's about to be in college. And he has another son a year behind that. And, I was, and so I can learn a lot from just sitting with these, with these dads. These dads. Some of you guys are really, really, really good dads. Scott's in the front row and he's a good dad. And um, one thing about Scott is he's generous. 
you're like, how do you know? I want to, I want to, I got a text this morning. Don't put up there, Jason. I I got a text this morning from um, Scott and I were in a prayer service together on Thursday night. And I got a text message um, from one of, one of our, one of my friends, one of the worship leaders. And it looks like this, that picture, I think they have it. It's an offering envelope. And uh, on the offering envelope, man, the screens are awesome. Everyone who gave to buy those screens, thank you. And she, that's, that's, that's Scott and Kelly's daughter. And Scott and Kelly are generous, and they've watched, and, and they are generous. I'm with them all the time. They're the kind of people you got to fight with them to buy the meal. They're just, they're giving people. They help us start this church. And their daughter um, is going into fifth grade. I think this, I don't even, they only have two. You think I love them. I can memorize which one's which, but this is the oldest daughter. And, and it says on there, $2,013. She said, I wish I had the money. And that offering was to go towards, this is Thursday night. That offering is to go towards the, for the One Orlando Fund, the church that helped start us there, given to the One Orlando Fund. And she said, I wish I had that. But inside, there was $2 and some change. And some of you guys in here today, I showed you because he's, he's a good dad. He's not perfect, but he, he's a good dad. He's got a good mom. And my brother-in-law's here, and he's a good dad. And Mr. Schneider's here, and he's a good dad. A lot of you guys in here, you guys are really, really, really good dads. But can I say this to you today? This is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a hard right turn. The best dad in this room pales in comparison to the perfect father that Jesus is. The best dad in here. All, all the best qualities of every dad in here, we add them all in together. The best dad in here. Some of you guys are like, oh, no, I'm pretty good. It pales in comparison to the perfect father that Jesus is. You're like, I don't know, you're going to, that's a big limb you're stepping on there. I'm already out there. I'm on the limb. I, I just, I know I've experienced God at different points in my life. And I just know, I, I feel like sometimes I'm a good dad. I feel like my dad's a good dad. I feel like my grandpa was a good grandpa to, to have, or douche and, and poopa. I think that they're all good guys. And I don't want Nate, Diana, I don't want a name like that. I just want a normal name. I don't want anything like that for people to make fun of me. But you, you name it, you can name, you, I'm not going to have a choice. To make, I'm not going to make that choice. Hope's going to make that choice. But anyways, point is this. The best dad's in here, it pales in comparison to the perfect father that Jesus is. Spoiler alert, if you're in here today and you say, man, I've got the worst dad in here. You know what? Even if you had the perfect, even if you had the best dad in the world, it wouldn't matter because it still can pale. It would still pale in comparison to the perfect father that Jesus is. And at the end of this time where we're together today, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to have a brand new, perfect heavenly father. And so you just gotta hang in there with me. I'm gonna read the story to you today out of the Bible that's where I got this from. I didn't make it up. Wish I could take the credit for it. But in Luke chapter 15, if you have a Bible, cool. If you don't, it's fine. It'll be on the screen, I think. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Um, Luke 15 is awesome. Uh, some people call it the trilogy or some people call it the trifecta because, and here's why they do that because in Luke chapter 15, there's a story on the very, the very first uh, verse, there's a story of the parable of the lost sheep. And the, 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 the shepherd, he loses one sheep. But he, guess what? He has 100. So he knows where 99 are, but he loses only one. And it, the shepherd, it bothered the shepherd that he lost one sheep. It bothered the shepherd that he lost just one sheep. You and I, we wouldn't bother us. I have four kids. If I lost one, I have three more. It's okay. You know, like, it doesn't really. But the shepherd, who is Jesus, the perfect father, it bothered him that he lost one. He loses one person. It bothers him. And then we get to go on even further to illustrate a little further. There's a parable right there of, of the lost coin. This lady, she had 10 coins, but she lost one. 
She lost only one coin. Nine out of ten is not bad. If you, that's, that's pretty good. I was, at, I was in the bathroom the other day and, um, with my wife. I wasn't with my wife. I went to a restaurant. I left the table. I went to the bathroom. I heard this guy says, and I, I heard him bet on the, on the game that night, on, on, the, um, on, the, on the, the basketball game on Thursday night. I heard, I heard him bet. And nine out of ten, those are, those, are those are good odds. If you have 90%, that's good. And so I, I, I did that. Nine out of ten is not bad. She loses one coin, and it bothered that she lost a coin. So the lady's flipping her house up. She's lifting curtains up. She can't, she's looking for just one coin. But she had nine. And it bothers Jesus just to lose one. It's a parable. So the, the, the deal is that Jesus, he doesn't, want any, he doesn't want to lose anyone. He doesn't want anyone through the fall, through the cracks, spiritually speaking. He doesn't want, he don't want anybody to miss out on his love that Diane talked about. He doesn't want anyone to miss out on having a perfect, amazing, spotless lamb of God who was a father. He didn't want anyone to miss out on that. And so it says here in very first, the verse 11, it goes, but he tells the story of just one lost son. The guy has two sons, but he's going to lose one for a moment. The Bible says in verse 11, to illustrate the point further of those two stories that we just told you, there's a parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my inheritance before you die. I won't do that to you, dad. It's a, that's, a, that's the picture of a crappy son. Hey, dad, you're going to die soon. Can you go ahead and transfer all the money now before you die? Because you're going to die soon like that. Don't do that if you're a son in here today. And if you already did that, it's okay because God's going to forgive you. But the point is, don't be that guy. And I don't know how old they were, but he goes, dad, I want my inheritance. And so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and he moved to a distant land and there he wasted all of his money in wild living, a.k.a. he went to Amsterdam. This guy is gonna live it up. <clears throat> he was getting lit ever before it was a word. He was getting turned ever before it was a word. This guy was living it big. This guy spent all that he had on anything that would be fun. And, and, and by the way, I've said this for as long as I've been a pastor, sin is fun for a season. It'll always catch up to you. But if you do it right, it's fun. I tweeted that and you're like, you just said sin is fun. If you do it right, it is. And if you don't, I used to say this, if you don't know how to sin, ask me, I'll tell you. Like, but the Bible says it's fun for a season. And it was fun for a season. It says here, about this time the money ran out and a great famine swept over the land and the little guy began to starve. I don't know how much inheritance the dad had, but he had a lot. Because we're going to talk about what he had in just a moment. He had a lot. But the guy spent his part after a short time. He spent it all. I mean, this guy was having a great time. He was having a blast. All the emptiness in his life, he was trying to fill the void. This guy was living strong. I mean, this guy was doing everything he wanted. He would go and buy it. If there were shoes he wanted, he bought it. If there was jeans that I'm looking at a gap right now that I want. He would buy it. He wanted whatever he wanted. He would go out and get it. If he wanted a new car, he'd go out and get a new car. The guy had it all. And the Bible says he lost it all and then he got hungry. Isn't it funny? He didn't say he lost his house. He lost his, when you don't, when you're, when you don't, uh, Travis and Kristen are here today. They told me one time we were broke. He goes, when people tell me they're broke, I ask them like, how broke? This is the broke, this is broke when, you're, when, you don't, when you don't have a place to stay and you can't eat. So if you're trying to figure out if you're poor or not in here today, that's poor. 
when you can't eat and you have no place to stay. I told you this a thousand times. If you lived in, a, being in a, living in America already makes you rich. If you lived in a place that you don't even own, even if it's rented, it makes you rich. If you, where you have, if, where you at to, if it had running water, that makes you rich. If you have your own toothbrush, that makes you rich. Homeless people in Orlando get free cell phones. That makes you rich. That we are richer than the richest. We are in this country. <clears throat> if you make more than, if the, half the world lives on $2 a day. So are you trying to, I'm just, I want you to make sure you know, if you ever get to the point, some of you high school kids and middle school kids, if you're ever trying to figure out, man, oh, man, my parents don't give me anything. If you have a place to stay, and if you at least have ramen noodles, but if you're hungry, ramen noodles, they taste good. And you can doctor them up if you have to. You get creative, you know what I'm saying? If you're broke, you get creative, right? You know what I'm saying? So get that teriyaki sauce in there. You pretend like you're at, you know, um, Kobe. You know, you just make stuff up. Put chicken nuggets in it from the freezer. Like, you get creative. This guy's got nothing. He's hungry. He's starving. And he says here, he persuaded a local farmer to give him a job. He got so bad that he had to get a job. Proverbs says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And we see this here. He goes, I got to get a job so I can eat. And his job was to feed pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. If I drop a donut in here today, I'm going to eat it. No problem. And we have four kids. When, it, when, when the pacifier dropped with your first kid, you like sterilize it. Pressure wash it. <laughs> By the time you're fourth kid, you're like, dude, pick that up and get it yourself. You know, <laughs> you don't even care. It's like, so all, all the glass kids are like, I hate my parents. I don't even wipe my pacifier off anymore. <clears throat> if you're in here, you should have a pacifier. I'm just saying. <laughs> but if you do, I'm not judging. It's fine if you have a pacifier and you're 16. But anyways, he says, I can't, I'm so hungry, I can't even get any, I can't even get any food. So he begins to process all of this. When he finally came to his senses, which you, if you're not there yet, you typically do. And he said to himself, at home, the servants have food enough to spare. And here I'm dying of hunger. He's beginning to process the idea of actually going back home. He's trying to process it. Man, should I go back home? Should I, should I go give it another try? And I mean, if you're any, if, have you ever heard that person say, I've invited people to church and said, oh, I, if I go to your church, the walls are going to fall down. He's having that moment. Can't go to church, man. I've been, so, I've been from God for so long. It just makes no sense. I've done so many bad things. They won't even want me in their church. He's having that process moment. I've sinned so bad. There's just no way my dad's going to let me come back to this place. There's just no way. I, there's, it's not possible. I've drank everything. I've smoked everything. I've spent everything. I've lived crazy. I've been with girl after girl. I lost count. I've lived the worst possible life I can imagine. And he's like, I can't go back home. I can't do it. I just can't. And the Bible says, he, so eventually he says, I'm going to go back home to my father. And so he says, he says, he, he says, I'll go home to my father and say this. So then he begins to write his apology letter. Takes out a pen and paper and says, okay, I got a pro. Okay, dear dad. You remember that time? This is my story. One time I pocket called my dad in college. And, um, and I was telling all my friends about this time that I toilet papered houses all night long. And I, 
I, my dad's like, so my dad calls me and say, hey, I got your voicemail. I'm like, I didn't call you. He's like, yeah, you did. And I've unpacked. Dear dad, you remember that time that I was supposed to be at Todd's house, but we told Todd's parents that we were going to Jason's house and we told Jason's parents we were going to Remember that? No, yeah, dad, I remember. I, I need, you know, I did that again. Dear dad, I messed up. Dear dad, I'm a failure. Dear dad, I'm a loser. Dear dad, I'm so screwed. Dear dad, I've wasted everything. I don't know how we started the letter, but he probably wrote and, and erased and wrote and erased and wrote and erased. He kept on doing it over and over and over again. Dear dad, I'm really sorry. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Then he says, takes the paper, goes away, I'm just, just going to go back. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And he was filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and he embraced his son and he kissed his son. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you both heaven and you. And I'm no longer even worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, guys, bring the finest robe into the house. Put it on him. Get a ring. Put a ring on it. Get a ring on his finger and put, get him some new Nikes. Put, get him some clean shoes on. And kill the calf that we've been fattening up. We must celebrate with the feast for a son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And the party began. The best wine, get the best wine out. My son's home. Get him some new shoes. Give him some Kohans. Get him whatever, get him some night, get him whatever he wants. Let him get it. Just whatever, get, get this guy dressed up. Get, him the, get the ring out. I've been saving it for him. He thought I'd give my inheritance. I thought I'd get the ring, put a ring on him. Get the fatty, let's throw the biggest party possible. Get a caterer. Let's do this thing big. And you know, you, you know this. I'm gonna get you excited today. You're gonna be like, oh, I love this. I'm buying it. But you know this is the more you follow Jesus, can I tell you what? The haters always show up. And the hater in this story, I'm not gonna read to you for sake of time, it's his brother. His brother walks out. What's, what's going on? I heard the music. Oh, your brother's back. Why are you, who's, why are you touching my, why are you touching my cow? <laughs> oh, your dad said we're cooking that today. Walks in the house, everyone's slamming me. The party's going. Best band money could buy. It's, I mean, it is just going. He's looking around. He looks over, sees the back and goes, Joker's got my jacket on. He's got my members only jacket on. What's he doing? Looks at his hand. He's like, that guy has the, he has my dad's ring. He has my dad's ring. What the heck? Goes up to his dad and goes, what's going on? And the dad says something that's super important. He says, that, he says I love you just the way I love your brother. And you, you already have access to all this. And you, but your, son, your, brother, that he, your brother's came back. He's back now. So calm down. If you left and came back, we'd throw a party for you too. We just would. But you're not. You're here. You've been eating the same steak that we're giving him. He's, you've been eating it for a long time. The wine, you have access to the wine every single night. Don't worry about it. The party, you could have thrown, the band, you could have bought all that. You Don't worry about that. You could have had all that, but you, you live here. We've already done this for you. You got your birthday party. 
Can I just tell you three things about the Father today that you need to know? It's imperative for you to know. It's this. When the sun comes running up, where's the dad at? You, where would you be at? You'd be watching the game like I would be because you're not perfect, dad or mom in here today. Person here. You'd be watching the game or you'd be on Facebook, but not a perfect father. See, a perfect never takes his eyes off of his children. The father was waiting and watching for his son to come home. Just, fr- just front rowing it, just like this, sitting on the front porch rocking in his favorite rocking chair. Where's my son at? Is he- I wonder if it's today. I wonder if he's coming back today. I just, I don't know if it's today, but I'm going to be here today. And maybe every day he did that. I don't know how long he was gone for, but that rocking chair, I don't know. If it was so long, he kept on his second rocking chair. Like a good rocking chair too, by the way. If you haven't got your dad a Father's Day gift yet, um, I don't want this, but like, I don't. I already, I already told him what I'm getting. And so uh, she can't keep surprised. I'm just kidding. Like one of those rocking chairs out at Cracker Barrel. One of those rocking chairs. Those ones are so cool. You can get your favorite team on there. I don't need to tell you what mine is because it doesn't matter. And you guys would boo at me and turn me off the rest of I don't want to do that. So, But it's got blue and orange on it. Anyways, the father was watching and waiting for his son to come home. If you're running away from God in here today, just know he's waiting for you to come home. And you know what? He doesn't care where you've been. Now, your friend may care where you've been. They may, but they're not perfect. Our father is. So if you're running away from God, and there may be a lot of people that are around you doing that. So you think it's normal. But just know this, that your dad's on the front porch, the perfect father. He's on the rocking chair waiting for you to come, come home. Here's the second thing. Oh, by the way, on that little sub point, sometimes we act like little kids. And here's how. If I hear screaming in the kid room, it's typically because my, my twin do- the twins, they're almost, they're almost two. I'm going to go with they're almost two now to get me prepared for when they're two because typically I'm always like three months off. So I'm just getting ready for that. It's typically because she's biting the heck out of him or has stole a toy from him. She's got him by five pounds, so she throws her weight. She doesn't care. And what she'll do is she does this thing, and she did it a while ago, and she's done it a while, but she'll run in the corner, and she'll, or she'll get up, and she'll just cover, or she'll cover, or she'll cover her eyes so we can't see her. I think sometimes we're like that. I shouldn't be here. I'm just going to cover my eyes. Maybe God can't see me. Well, hello. Your eyes are closed, not his. Silly. Here's the second thing about the father. When he saw the son coming, the father ran as fast as he could to see his son. The father ran as fast as he could to see his son. Right out here, we had a youth, our youth hangout this past week, and a handful of you guys came. And, and uh, the worst thing that can happen to you in life when you break 30, or at any point in your life as, a, as, a, as an athlete, happened to me for my second time. We were playing kickball, and at home base, there was an inflatable 20-foot, 25-foot, 30-foot water slide. You run and you slide. I think it's awesome. If you go too fast, you can run. You can hit that. It's, it's amazing. It's fun. Well, so you kick the ball in first, second base, third base. When you come running, if you cross the foot, you get to jump into this water slide. 
And I did that once. And I did it twice. I was going for it a third time. And I kicked the ball, and Tracy was there. She, she, she can attest to it, and our, our, youth, our youth group kids were there. And There's always that adult that sneaks in. You know what I'm saying? They're always there. Tracy's out there hat on, Mario. She looked like one of the kids. You know, they're like, who's the new kid, you know? I'm like, she's old. Don't, she's old. She's like old. She's not one of the kids, you know? And So I'm running third base, and I run. I go to jump into the water slide, and I pulled my hamstring. It's the, if you've never done it before, you can't even sympathize for me because it's the, one of the worst feelings in the world. And so for the last three days, it's getting better because now it's been, it's been three days. My, my, my kid's are like, what's wrong with you? I'm sitting on ice packs. It's like a future. It's like, the future, it's like I got a, a future glimpse of myself at 33. Like I'm sitting on ice pack. My wife's like, what smells like Ben Gay or Icy Hot? I'm like, she's like, you smell like my grandma. So I said, you looked at my wife and said, you watch your mouth. The father ran as fast as he could. Can I say this to you? You can't run faster than God. And God's always in shape to run after you. What if he doesn't want to run after me? Oh, he wants to. He wants to. And he's not going to pull his hamstring. He's going to get you. And so if you're running from God, you're okay. Because maybe everyone else is running from God. But it's okay because God can catch you. He runs faster than you do. He's pursuing you. The Bible says he's pursuing you. Isaiah says this, that God's arms aren't too short to reach out and pick anybody up. He's fast. And even if he's not fast, he can just, his arms are long. So he's like, I got you. Get over here. Where are you going? Pick you up by the back of your shirt, bring you back here, and you run away again. He picks you back up. The father ran as fast as he could to see his son. Jesus is always ready to run, and he never pulls his hamstring. You can tweet that if you want. And then number three, the father, the father gave the best welcome home party ever. best welcome home party ever. The Bible says that the, heaven throws a party every time a sinner comes home. I wrote down this in my note, notes. As believers, we spend so much time looking at people and saying, we're, we're like that brother. And we're like, look at those sinners. Look at those stinking sinners over there. <clears throat> look at those, look at all those sinners. Look at those guys. I mean, I'm going tonight, to, you know, and, and, I, and I feel like I have to apologize tonight when I go to this thing. I feel like I have to apologize for every Christian that's been hateful on social media. I feel like I, have to, I, feel like I owe it to this community to do that. And I wish I, I wish I didn't have to, but some of the most stupidest things I've seen and heard on social media, whacked out stuff. And it just makes me so mad that people that would say they believe in Jesus would throw stones at people for their sin. Can I say this to you today? The kid that ran away in the story and lived it up, we're all like, man, I wonder what kid that is. It's me. And it's you. We're the kid in the story that ran away. We're the kid that wanted our inheritance early. We're the one that spent it all away. And then what happened to you? Someone said, I want to introduce you to my friend named Jesus, and it changed your life. 
And so we're going to spend a lot of time in this next week. So why wouldn't we, instead of saying, look at those people over there, they're sinners. Well, they were, they were just like you were and like you are still, but except you've met a savior. So know what we ought to start doing as believers? Instead of looking at people and saying, man, look at those sinners. We got to say, man, I, I can't wait for them to get home. The party's going to be sick. The music is going to be, it, the, they're going to love the music here. Man, I can't wait for them to come home. I can't wait to welcome them in, into, the, into the house. I can't wait to welcome them in. They're going to love it here. It's going to be so much. Or you can be like the other guy and be like, I, why are they here? Why are they here? People that don't know Jesus, I, I don't want to next week's going to be, I'm excited about next week's sermon, but message. You know the safest place and the most desired place for an atheist should be? Here. Because I realized this last week, I didn't tell you. You know what I realized about atheists? They believe in God. Every one of them does. But you know what they have a hard time believing? That God could love them. That God could accept them. They believe in God. That's why they they spend most of their time. I mean, think about it. If you spent all day long working on electronics, you would believe in electronics. That's all you did. If you're an engineer and all you did was fix cables and you ran lines and made sure systems were set up so things could communicate to each other, which all my friends do, and they, they work with people every single day in different... If that was your job, you would know everything about it. They spend all their day trying to trying to defute, trying to trying to refute. There's a God, so they obviously believe in Him. If they didn't believe in Him, why would they spend time talking about Him not being not existing? You with me? They have a hard time believing that God could love them. So, man, we got to throw some. Par- we got to get ready to throw some parties. We're going to talk about being. We're going to talk about welcome home next week. We're going to talk about life change and, and helping our friends encounter Jesus. We got to be, instead of saying, oh, look at them, we should be saying, man, I can't wait for them to get home. And they're looking for someone to come with them. You're going to love it. You're going to love Jesus. It's going to be awesome. So, hey, I don't know where you're out in here today, but here's what I do know. Maybe you've been, maybe you're the son and today's your come home day. Today is going to mark June 19th. The June 19th will mark, the, will mark your mind and your life for the rest of your life. Because you're going to be reminded and someone's going to, you're going to come to the green and say, man, there's a God who loves me. He's waiting and watching for me. He's running after me. He wants to throw a big party for me. Who wouldn't want to be part of that love? Who wouldn't want to be part of that perfect, perfect father? I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.